Hello and welcome to Wonderful Wonderful. My name's Heather. And my name's Pat. And we are Wonderful Wonderful. Heather, what are you going to be talking about? Well, I'm going to be talking all about sustainability in Denmark and Copenhagen. What are you going to be talking about, Pat? I'm going to be concentrating on health and being healthy. Uh, before we get to the serious stuff, do you mind if I just put a record on? Oh, please do. Friend, and we're friends as well. Yes. <laughs> so join us, follow us, and um, enjoy because that's what we intend to do. Yes, more fun we have, the better. So, as you can hear in the background, Pat's put the kettle on. Uh, we're going to be recording our very first episode and. Basically, it's like a walk in the dark, really, Pat. What do you think? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I thought it would be so straightforward, and it's certainly not. Thank goodness that Heather's got um, at least a way about her and her computer. She's managing to... Oh, it's to... all lies. It's, it's a, all lies, it's so, Pat. She's, it's so true. She's been watching me, and I've been fumbling around. I'm, neither of us are digital natives. <laughs> So we thought we'd have a nice cup of tea. Yeah. I'll get calmed down, but it's going to take too bloody long if we're, mm. we're faffing around all day, Pat. So let's get down to it. What? Who are you, Pat? Where are you from? How long have you been in Denmark? And I'll go and put the kettle Well, I work backwards, <laughs> and I've been in Denmark twice. I was here a long time ago for about 16 years, and I've re- I returned to Denmark four years ago. And I came back because it's just wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> oh no, she's gone off to the tomato. Are you having tea or coffee, Pat? Coffee. coffee. More coffee. I'm going to be buzzing all over the place. So I met Pat the second time she, she came back. Uh, she turned up at a club that I was in called Toastmasters. And I thought, ooh, she's fun. She stood up and she pretended that she was answering a telephone and she sort of did all the mannerisms. And I thought, well, there's a girl after my own heart. So now we've been pals for, what is it, four years, Pat? Yes, four years. And it's been so much fun. Laughs, adventures. Tragedy. A bit of tragedy. Logical tragedy. (laughs) But... (laughs) Pretty, pretty damn good fun. Yeah. But uh, Pat's, she's like my um, pal and she's also the person who stood by me a lot. So I think what we've got behind our wonderful, wonderful podcast is is, it's a show about friendships and what us to get up to in this country that isn't our motherland. I I can hear a bit of an accent there, Pat. Where are you from? Well, many people will (laughs) get the lilt. Many people will get the lilt. It's a Welsh lilt. And I'm very proud to have kept my accent because even though Richard Burton, Anthony Hopkins, Catherine Catherine Cedar-Jones, Catherine Jenkins, yes, to to name but a few or five, yes, we all have this musical tone to our voices. And I love mine. 
and I, I decided to keep it, even though I've worked in three different countries and I just love it. So where do you come from, Heather? Yeah, sounds to me like Pat likes the sound of her. <laughs> I do, I do. I'm from just down the road from where you were from all those years ago. I'm from um, Herefordshire, which is on the border of Wales. It's about uh, eight miles down the lane. But, um, well, I've, I've lived in Denmark for more years than you've had hot dinners, Pat, or hot bar of brith, or whatever it's called. I bet I've said that wrong. <laughs> you always try to pinch my Welshness. <laughs> Honestly. You said it very well, actually. Oh, thank God. Goodness Wait so until well. we start speaking Welsh and you, you say, Burada. Burada. Nosta. Nosta. Yakida. Yakida. Oh. Well, we like that one. That's cheers. <laughs> but both of us speak a bit of Danish, but I don't think we're going to go there because I don't think we've ever shaken off our accents, have we, really? Um, when I lived in Denmark before, people told me that I spoke Danish like a Norwegian. Oh, right. Because I have a kind of lilting tone to my voice. But no, I wouldn't. will never sound Danish, yeah, when, ever. When they hear me speaking, that. They don't sort of agree or anything. They say, the? <laughs> the means what, basically. And then because it's uh, the Danes are some of the, uh, well, it's the best nation on earth for speaking in English. I think it's seconded only by the Netherlands. Then they go into really good English. So for the 20 years that I've lived in Denmark, I haven't progressed that much. Mm. But um. Prior to living here in Denmark, I lived in France for five years and I, I butchered the beautiful French language. You've, you've lived in really? France as well, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I, I lived in France for over 20 years oh. and uh, I love French. I've, I'm very rusty now, but it's such a beautiful language. Yeah. It's expressive. I especially love English, though, because it's even more expressive than French. You can be very sexy in French. Bonjour. Oh, Comment ça va? Arrête. <laughs> oh, c'est très belle. Oh. <laughs> no, we won't go there. No, we won't go there, because no. this is a podcast sort of about Denmark, and we we're wandering off here badly, Pat. Yeah, but, but, but the point worldwide, of worldwide, aren't we? The point of this is to give you our views on Denmark and uh, seen from a foreign viewpoint. Yeah. We are not Danes, and we never will be, except on your passport. I'm a legal alien. Mm. Oh, I should put that song <laughs> by Sting on. Sting, yes. Sting on now, but uh, I haven't got it handy. But um, so. Let me get this straight, Pat. You've lived here on two separate occasions. Yes. Yeah. So the first time that was for work? Um, mostly for work, yes. Mm. Um, we came to Denmark in, in the 70s uh, and uh, we absolutely loved it. It was the most beautiful country. So and were you about two years old in the 70s, Pat? I really like you. I really <laughs> like you. Um, no, my daughter was four when we came here, so ah. you can do a bit of mathematics. Don't don't bother. Yeah, counting on all my toes, yeah, now, toes fingers. But then I left, 
Um, and I left to uh, follow my work and I went to Switzerland. And that was wonderful. Nearly as wonderful as Wales, but as equally as wonderful as Denmark. Yeah, more hills. A lot more hills, big ones. Uh, yeah. yeah. Bearing in mind that Denmark is one of the flattest countries in Europe, seconded mm. once again by, um, well, no, number two, along with the Netherlands, Netherlands. of course, which are yeah. really as flat as a... Yeah. What's the highest point in Denmark? It's called Himmelbjerg and yeah. it's 120 metres high. And I know this, Pat, because I um, was formerly a tour guide and now I have this little company called WW Walks mm -hmm. Copenhagen and I specialise in um, sustainable tourism in this fair land. That's amazing. <laughs> and this all happened last year or you've been building up to it? I've uh, been building up to it for about eight years now, but it's always been seasonal work because we get really long, horrible winters. Sorry, did I say horrible winters? Because they really are. Get us out of here in the winter. But now it is the springtime yeah. and it's lovely. Yeah. And it's all forgotten, those, those, those days when it gets light at nine o'clock in the morning. And then it goes dark again at, at three. Yes. It's, uh, you have to deal with it, but the Danes deal with it so well. Do, they they have the wonderful huger, and they use that word for absolutely everything, but it basically means just to be warm and cosy and be with friends and share and drink hot chocolate and close the curtains and light candles. Yeah. Close the door and uh, yeah. it makes them actually the uh, the per capita, the biggest users of candle wax in that's the right, year, yeah. Yeah. In, the, <laughs> in the world. Yeah. So and that's every man, woman and child. They do the equivalent of uh, three kilos each candle wax, which actually isn't very environmental at all. It's one of the anomalies in the... the uh, statistics but otherwise yeah. Denmark is really up there on uh, ca carbon neutrality and creating a, a carbon neutral footprint yes. around the world yeah. uh, and that that's that's the basis of my little business uh, because Copenhagen hopes to be the world's first carbon neutral capital city mm -hmm. in 2025 and what what i'm getting so old pat what year is it now it's i think it's 2021 2021 so they're gonna get have to get their blooming skates on yeah. and that's that's another reason why mm. I'm, I'm emphasizing a sustainable travel to denmark because in the years before mm. 2020 do you think we should mention that year pat um, most people will want to forget 2020. <laughs> well, it was a good year for the environment in many ways because prior to 2020, it was 2019 and that we had so many visitors coming to Copenhagen, mm. coming along in these great big uh, cruise ships. The amount of pollution coming out of those whoppers was um, phenomenal because they would never, ever um, hook up to the national grid. They'll be 
chugging away on their diesel engines, burning off the equivalent to 800 uh, huge big juggernaut trucks every hour while they were in port, which was it was just wrecking all the advances that the Danes have made in environmental issues over the past 50 years. Yeah, and if I understand rightly, the um, the economy didn't benefit from even the tourists because they stayed in this this small part that Copenhagen covers or the, the, the west of Zealand. Well, they'll eat on board the ships. Yeah. They'll, they'll, because it, they'll be in, you know, they may have spent their world's... Their, their years, oh, good grief, their lifetime savings on paying for the trip of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so there's lots of nosh on board, so they'd have a good old feed, come on come onto the land in big smelly uh, diesel coaches, and they wouldn't actually buy any meals out and about in the cities. They'll just uh, drive around the sites, no parking, aggravating the locals, maybe buy a little mermaid figurine and then get on the cruise ship and then sail off around the rest of the Baltic or up to Norway to to bugger up their uh, uh, quality. (laughs) Uh, We've said we won't swear, but we don't do the F word. No, we don't. In wonderful, wonderful. No, we do expressive words. Yeah. And there are a few of those. (laughs) We, We met, as Heather said, in Toastmasters and... I was a member of Toastmasters when I lived near Switzerland. I actually lived in France and zipped over the border to, to go to work. And we found that we love telling stories. Yeah! <laughs> and even though we've both had different life trajectories, I enjoy the fact that I worked for this wonderful organisation, both here in Copenhagen and in Switzerland. What was the name of the organisation? WHO, the World Health Organisation. And I saw many things that have actually enriched my experience of life. I worked on the SARS uh, pandemic. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that, Pat, and I've known you for... Four years! Four years! (laughs) I didn't know that! Is that why you've been so intensely locked down this past... Yeah, I've been very, very careful. I think that we all take responsibility for ourselves. And I wanted to make sure that I I was free of anything that would contaminate me. In the sense of, does that include me? Yeah, but you're you you wheedle yourself in somehow or other. You're infectious, shocking. But I found that working uh, in an international organisation, you had to find things outside work because it was all encompassing and it was very stressful. I found Toastmasters and made. The most wonderful friends. I came back to Denmark, joined Toastmasters again, and from the little town of um, Hillerö. No, it wasn't Hillerö. It was yeah, it was Nürbel. That's the Which first means place. Nut settlement. Nut settlement. Oh, that's interesting. And then it moved to Hörsholm, which is, which is where it normally would be if we hadn't had something called 
COVID. Oh, don't oh, say sorry. that word. No. Anyway, uh, the club in Hersholm has carried on online, run by remarkably by Klaus Aldil Hansen. And uh, it's so much fun. And while I don't go so often these days, it's a marvellous way of learning to speak in public and learning how to just ramble on which is what i'm so, doing so, now so maybe not everybody out there knows what toastmasters is it's a club just go and finish the coffee off where you just crack on oh yeah you go press the plunger oh i'll press the uh, coffee not the toilet <laughs> <laughs> toastmasters is an international organization where you learn to speak in public it's non-judgmental so you are surrounded by people who will help you, who will give you positive critique and help you advance in your goals, whether it be for giving a speech at a christening or a marriage or in your workplace. You are for a minimal um, membership fee, you get the expert advice of long-standing members and you have fun, you can go out for parties and everything is based on talking about a subject and not rumbling, just like I'm doing now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the coffee's so made. <laughs> And because of Toastmasters, I met Pat. So, so to cut a long story short, um, yeah, well, Toastmasters, yeah. Toastmasters rocks. Yeah. Because you meet lots of people from all walks of life, and um, yeah, yeah. But our interests are quite different, even though we are just rambling along in life and doing the best that we can, and we have the privilege of doing things that we love. I am very interested in um, mental health and physical health. And while I was living in Switzerland, I decided to change career. And I decided to become a reflexologist. And in Denmark, they call that zone therapy. And which is a really good description of what it means. It means that the feet represent the body and if you stimulate the zones you can promote well-being in each organ of the body and who doesn't like their feet being massaged come on it's just the best feeling in the world but who does yours pat <laughs> i go and Tricky find question. i go and find people oh. uh, of course after lockdown Everybody's rushing to see their therapist of all sorts. Massage, reflexology, cranial, cranial sacral massage, everything well, is you, opened up. I suppose you could keep quite a good um, distance as well if you were massaging somebody's There feet. are rules. You're about, you'd be about one metre fifty yeah, it's away not... from somebody's head, wouldn't yeah. you? You, can, you show your, that you've been um, either tested or vaccinated, oh, yeah. and as long as the therapist keeps a mask on, just like in the hairdressers when you're sitting down, as long as you're not moving around, then 
everything can work perfectly uh, and the therapist will keep a mask on usually. Do you think we could do an episode where you rub my feet? Oh, yes. All right. Yeah. We did it once, didn't we? Yeah. It was my birthday and we were on a beach in North Zealand. That doesn't seem very fair. What, you rubbed my feet? It was your birthday. Well, yeah. We, we, we were a couple of girls on a you. beach. <laughs> and uh, I don't know why, but they presented their feet to me. And mm. I thought, oh, well, that's mm. nice. And it, actually, it was nice when it was mixed with the sand because it was all rough and ready. It's exfoliating. It was yeah. <laughs> So, so there we go. There's a plan for another episode. Heather yeah, I'd love, a... I'd love to talk about uh, reflexology. It's much more than um, people imagine. So if, it, say, you rub the part below the big toe... That, that leads down into your lung region. Lungs. Oh. And each, each part of the toe, uh, it will be the head mainly, it'll be the neck... It'll be anything to do with the organs that are within that area. Mm. And there are distinctive parts for the liver, the heart, the kidneys, the intestines, arms, legs, even feet. It's well, quite you interesting. Rub your feet to make your feet feel Yeah. Better. Um, I'm gonna, just going to get Heather a diagram so that she... Oh, I thought, gonna, I, was gonna, I thought I was going to get my feet rubbed. Get the science out on me. Let's have a look at this. And, and where does this originate? I get the feeling it's Asian. It originates in America. America? And way back, about uh, oh. 18, 90 years ago. Um, oh. But uh, people in Scandinavia found it very quickly and developed their own version, as did people in the UK. Mm. Uh, Eunice Ingram, especially in the UK, established it. And uh, it is so beneficial. And as you say, um, it's, you don't take your clothes off, take your socks off, but you don't take your clothes off. You know, the therapist is at a distance from you, but the therapist will normally watch your reactions to uh, touching different parts of the feet. And I'm showing Heather the, the toes on this diagram we've got in front of us. And you can see that the brain is on the outer side of the big toe. If the eyes are all along the base of the toes, so are the ears. The neck is at the base of the big toe. And by following this uh, routine of giving pressure, sometimes hard, sometimes soft. Um, and of course, in Asia, they use instruments. My, my, sorry, my cat has jumped up. Well, that's, that's my dog impersonation. I'm not a cat lover. I'm not sure if Pat is really. No, I'm, I'm, these are my lodgers. I've got two lodgers. Um, and uh, they are very special, very special. So in Europe, uh, in the West, we use the hands to uh, dig deep into the feet to stimulate the organs. But in Asia, they actually use implements. And it is very effective, but it's very painful. Anyway, many yeah. people like that. Does it give you an idea? Do you still want to do it? Yeah. Okay. But I don't know we'll what's do wrong with me apart from I keep doing dog, oh, dog that... vo I, I do dog voices. That that might be 
I suppose yeah, that you be are on a, the brain. You are a bit dog minded, bit. aren't you? You are a bit. <laughs> we said we wouldn't swear, but that's not quite swearing, no, is it's it? It's a female dog, isn't it? Of course yeah. it is. Okay, uh, so so on this diagram in front of me, it's all in Danish. So this is a way to learn Danish, isn't mm-hmm. it? What, yeah. what, what does "ur" mean, Pat? Well, it means um, ears, or it actually means a coin. coin. It's part of the Danish monetary system. Oh well, could could you rub that for me? Please? No, oh. because I can't get at your feet. But oh, that's true. Uh, don't forget also. There's hand and face reflexology. Oh. That's quite interesting. Mm. But what it is, is a very, very good way of relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. Once you have a zone therapist or a reflexologist massage your feet using the pressure points, it's very relaxing. And when the therapist gets to know your feet and to get to know if you have any problems they can stimulate the pressure points and release the toxins which is what we all want and I guarantee that when you leave a session of reflexology you will feel as though you're floating wonderful feeling Apart from rubbing my feet on a beach, do you offer reflexology to anybody? I I don't. Oh, after all that. I don't. No, I don't. I don't. (laughs) I've I've been travelling and um, spending time with my family and moving about in Denmark. But who knows what the future brings? Ah, Well, maybe in the next episode. Yes. Give me a little. Yeah. How would you say? Rub? A rub? Oh, no. No. What, uh, a prod? No. You'd have a session. A session. All right. But got to, got to get the terminology right. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. Ah. It's fine. Um, so there. But that's enough about me. What got you interested in being a tourist guide? Well, we got this diagram of um, the feet in front of us. So that's a nifty little... Um, oh, that's a dev- good yeah, it's link. not bad, is it? Device to say that um, my little startup company, which mm. in its long form, its short form is WW Walks Copenhagen. You can find the app on um, Google Play and on the App Store. Yeah. It's available. And we'll put it in the links, won't we, at the end of Ooh, this? Sure, will. Uh, yeah. End of this description yeah, no. of this program. But um, uh, the the long form name of it is Wonderful Wonderful Walks Copenhagen, which is such a blooming mouthful. But that all came along from that uh, uh, song that I that we played in the introduction. The mm. Wonderful Wonderful Copenhagen. Copenhagen, and then it went. Whoa! Um, so it's, it's all about that, which is Copenhagen, fresh air, beautiful, fluffy clouds, super clean water in the harbour, lots and lots of history, gone way beyond those um, vicious Vikings, right up to date, and looking more at sustainable things now in tourism, because uh, as I said earlier about mm. all those smelly cruise ships, I'm worried. I'm worried sick about the global global warming. I mean, we've, before the uh, 
2020, yeah. we were, I think, was it in January of 2020, poor old Australia was burning up in these awful bushfires, oh. all the little fluffy creatures all getting burnt alive. It was, it was, it's shocking. The same was going on for uh, parts of California and yeah. Oregon, uh, parts of Africa, parts of Asia. Oh my God, it's getting worse and worse. The Pacific all... I, I, it was as big as Wales, isn't it? The 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 patch of um, I think plastic. it's bigger. I think it's oh, bigger. Floating in yeah. the um, Pacific, mm-hmm. it, it's it's disgusting. We're a load of filthy, upright monkeys, basically. And it's taken a girl, a young girl in um, a Swedish, Sweden, yeah, yeah, little well, little big Greta to stand up and say, "Oi, this yes. is disgusting. This is really." filthy this is shocking you're just too greedy she's just kind of punched us punched the air out of the lot of us and and i think it's up to us grown-ups i mean i've got three almost grown um children uh, for their sakes and the grandchildren and the grandchildren's grandchildren to clean up our blooming act and i because the tourism industry has been such a polluter. I think it's the perfect vehicle, vehicle, there's a play on words, to um, to do something about it. Mm. So instead of people coming to visit Copenhagen and Denmark to see the, um, the Little Mermaid statue, which is really boring. There, I've said, I've said two bad things about Denmark now. Pull me up, Pat. <laughs> I've said we've got horrible we- weather in the winter and the yeah. Little Mermaid statue is frankly a bit of a rip-off to be, to be honest yeah but it, you know it's the symbol of Denmark for so many years and it's actually connected to the piece of music that you played a little bit earlier wonderful wonderful Copenhagen and he uh the singer talk, yeah talks about uh Hans Christian Andersen and well, all, all sorts of things him. yeah um, yeah yeah but yeah, he was the he was the um, the creative person who managed to do the early branding of Copenhagen yes. way back in from the eighteen thirties up until yeah. about the eighteen eighties. He just churned out so many fabulous fairy tales, which yeah. brought the world's attention to this tiny country. I mean, we've only got five point eight million people. Living here, and way back in Hans Christian Andersen's time, it was a lot smaller. Mm. But what they still had then was fresh air, uh, as opposed mm. to many places around uh, the rest of Europe and uh, the world. For Wales, <laughs> South it Wales, where you you're from, yeah. for instance, or uh, Lancashire, where my parents came from. Uh, you know, it was it was bad air, bad air for about a hundred years. By the time you know the the nineteenth century closed, but uh, Copenhagen and Denmark, because we have no coal here, uh, because there's no minerals to dig up underfoot, no iron ore or anything else. We we've had to be agrarian, and we've had to depend upon the sea. So that as far as stinky chimneys and things oh. even in the 19th century other europeans were attracted by the fresh clean air yes 
So this this uh, fairy tale capital of the world, it, it still it still goes on as as far as good branding goes. But yeah, I, the fairy tale part of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just tourists get so disappointed when they see the Little Mermaid because she's mm. she's tiny. I've I've had emails from uh, future uh, guests who were coming on my um, normal walking tours. Who've kind of said, uh, you know, is there L? Is there? I'll have to do the voice now. Excuse me, but is there elevator access to the top of the Little Mermaid statue? And that's because people have this idea that the Little Mermaid is about the size of um, the Statue of Liberty or Christ the Redeemer, but she's actually just a bit bigger than a you know a, a good strong viking woman you know sat on a rock so people come along see this tiny statuette and get a bit disappointed it's usually surrounded by tourists though isn't yeah, it yeah you can, you can I, hardly get there yeah. yeah i always felt sorry for her you know yeah. and particularly as in the story by Hans Christian Andersen, which isn't at all like the Disney version where, you know, she, oh, she meets the wonderful prince and they, you know, they're happy every after or until the next yeah. episode of, uh, or the next film. Uh, she dies in the Hans Christian Andersen original. Mm. Yeah, but, but they had to change the ending and give it a more religious sort mm. of feel. So she gets... Uh, she turns into the spirit of the air if she waits for 300 years. Oh. So in my reckoning, she's still sat on that rock. She's got 100 more years to Literally. go. Actually. Yeah, yeah. But um, the air is good and clean oh. and the water's clean. And I think the best branding, the rebranding of Copenhagen now should be all about uh, what a wonderful, 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 clean place it is yes all our wind-powered renewable energies mm -hmm. um uh, how, how we take bottles back to the supermarket and get money to return them you know this, yes or donate them yeah yeah, yeah or donate them uh, the cycling yeah uh, there's um more bikes than people in in a copenhagen mm -hmm. And they outnumber cars five to one bicycles. It's they have bicycle rush hours. Yeah. It's it's brilliant. They have bicycle superhighways, bicycle bridges. Yes, Denmark, especially Copenhagen, is very advanced uh, for everything that is sustainable energy. Uh, even when I first came here, and I heard about uh, heating into. Uh, flat, uh, blocks of flats, which was called distance heating. Uh, I'd never heard of that. But um, industry supplied heat to heat the water so that it could, it could be sent into flats for a uh, um, radiator. Yeah, is that what we call Fjern Fjern yes, yeah, distance yeah, heating. Yeah. And um, that was amazing. And this, and. It had already started 40 years ago, if yeah. not more. Yeah. Yeah. So Denmark has a lot going for it and a lot to be admired in so many ways. Uh, we won't talk about the weather because we combat it. But well, it's great. We do great building here, don't we? Oh, it's Everything's very... insulated, triple glazing. Yeah. 
um, and, and rock wool. Uh, oh, there's a plug. Uh, the fiberglass insulation, which which totally makes our houses uh, cosy and warm in the winter time. I think it, we can both say that back in the UK, well, when I was a kid anyway, the the British way of doing a bit of insulation it was to put a bit more carpet down. Carpet everywhere. Carpet everywhere. <laughs> and, no carpet And wallpapers. Wall oh. Yeah. Thick wallpapers. And pudding. And pudding. Lots of pudding and custard. That's that's British <laughs> insulation. Nice yeah. Of Inside and outside. <laughs> Whereas the Danes tackle it, as they have done for centuries, yeah. by uh, building really solid, warm homes. Going to town on the decor, this is where this candling, candle burning all yeah. comes in, but... Really, really making the interiors of their houses homely, hoogly. Yes, that lovely word. Yeah, and you can you can see such a, a, a contrast with them, um, say, an Italian Italian homes. I hope I'm not going to offend anybody now, but in Italy or in Southern Europe, you spend much more of your time out on the streets. Mm. You know, wearing beautiful clothes, a nice squirt of. Uh, Armani perfume or whatever, you know, Gucci, you know, looking, looking hot and out in the evenings, mm. where for most of the year. Whereas here in Denmark, you know, you can forget it. You, yeah. you, you're staying in in your beautifully insulated home. Yeah, with candles. Yeah. We scuttle in, don't we? Around about end of October, November, yeah. everybody's. Scuttling. Putting up, put, scuttling, putting on their big winter coats already, getting their scarves ready, hats ready, and we stay like that until February, March, April this year. It's been really cold. Yeah. And even now that we're in May, the heat in the sun is there, but it's get, it gets blown away by the wind. The wind in Denmark. Unbelievable. Oh, now, now she's going to oh, go off. on about it. Well, she, Pat lives in the west of the main island called Sealand. Yeah. So you, you, you get it. Whipping in from the sort of uh, Jutland. But before that, it's the North Sea, isn't it? Yes. And there's nothing yeah. to get in the way. No, no mountains. No mountains. No hills. No. Nothing. And I live near the uh, Roskilde Fjord. Uh, and people will know the word fjord from maybe Norway because they have huge fjords. In Denmark, we have what I would call inlets, but they call fjords, and they are water that comes in off the sea. And I live on the Roskilde Fjord, uh, and it's uh, very breezy. In fact, I was telling somebody yesterday that I have a willow tree in the next garden. As I look out of my kitchen window, and two days ago, it was nearly bent double. The wow. branches were straight as a, at a 90-degree angle to the tree. And the following day, it was going the other way. So you never know where the wind is going or coming well, from. It's, it's generally, it's, it's the, it's the, if it's coming from the west, does that make it the westerly wind or the yeah, easterly wind? I never... Yeah. But that's the prevailing it's one. It's the prevailing one, yes. Yeah. So I see wonderful sunsets, and they have been exquisite this year. Mm. Uh, they're quite amazing. Yeah. So has the sunrises. Yeah. But um, yeah. it's, uh, it's just the most wonderful country to live in. And yes, you have to learn the language. 
why not? Why wouldn't you learn this expressive language, even though it's not maybe uh, auditory as regards French or even Italian? Eh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm staying a bit quiet here now. <laughs> and I, the I, amount I, of times I've been to language school, it's it's shocking. Have you learned learned uh, French Latin. or Latin <laughs> or Italian? Yeah, yes. Have you? No, no, no. French. I bumbled my way oh, right. through, and but you can get away with a lot, mm. like going. <laughs> yeah, yeah French <laughs> shoulders and yeah, hands yeah, and, and twirling your moustache if you've got a moustache. <laughs> so we Eyebrows. we do speak Danish, but we speak our own version of Danish. Oh dear! Yeah. But if we are in company with Danish people and they speak fast and normally, of course, mm. uh, then it's sometimes quite hard to keep up. Mm. Uh, so you mm. find yourself being about ten seconds behind the conversation. Mm. Well, then you can pop in and say though yeah but as heather said earlier danes in general speak english like you wouldn't believe yeah they got a kind of american accent they tend to go that they? way yeah yeah but that's um, because of youtube and stuff really, it's because it? of the tv and yeah. everything yeah. and television is uh, not dubbed here so they hear and they hear everything in the original language which is quite amazing. Um, hey, but nobody watches television anymore. Pat. You're giving, you're giving your oh, don't say that! Don't say that! DR two will be on your case, <laughs> and we pay for it. Oh, I don't yeah, we do. I mean, pay for it. Yeah, I'm protesting. I don't want to pay for it. I never bloody watch she's, it. She's an anarchist. <laughs> Well, actually, my latest tour goes around Christiania oh, quite a bit. That's I don't know so if good. Anybody listening has, has heard about Christiania? This is the free town. Tell us all well, about it. I'm launching into it, Pat. Yeah, We've done go the wind. for it. We've done the sunsets. Now let's yeah. talk about the hippies. We love hippies. The hippies know best. Pat was a hippie, weren't you, Pat? I was, I was. I, I was a flower were... power child. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah that was good. <laughs> yeah, I still am in my head. Yeah. My body hasn't followed, but there you go. Oh, just let it all hang out, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So what was that about Christiania? You're going to do a tour, aren't you? Well, I, I, you know, I've lived, as I said earlier, I've, I've lived here for blooming 20 years, and I, 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 I became a bit of a softie. Denmark does that to you sometimes mm. I, when i was living in, in in the uk i i lived in london in brixton for yeah. 7 years when i was uh, in my early 20s so you know and that was tough it was uh, you got to you know be streetwise be street mm. savvy or yeah. get stabbed sort of thing and uh, after that i i moved to paris and that was that was you know unusual you know be careful don't don't go out mm. too late at night or or sometimes i was just downright naive because i wasn't reading the newspapers and things mm. but um i uh, as as time went by i um i got married and we moved to norway which is very very Did you, safe. Ma- you married a dane didn't you i married a dane yeah so uh we, he was uh, an academic, so we travelled around the world a lot. And uh, our first 
I don't know if you say posting, but uh, he, he got offered a professorship in Bergen in Norway. And that was so safe. It was such a, because mm. I'm a country person. So after all those years of living in big cities, all of a sudden I was living on the side of a mountain with a waterfall gushing through the garden, all, you know, safely mm. boarded and everything. But it was miraculously clean and fresh mm. and terribly wet, but that's another story. But um, that was <laughs> for another episode. I've got, oh, I've got some material, Pat. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, it was it was it was beautifully clean. It was my introduction to Scandinavia, mm. and um, with my Dane, and then along came three three lovely babies. But um, I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> I'm rambling. I'm rambling. Oh, clean air and Christiania. Didn't you try to capture the rain in Norway or the yes. the air in Norway? Tin- Tin the rain. That's that's a whole. That's episode. another episode of what we were we've been up to. Because I yeah. need to find more about your hippie past as well. But. Yeah, you know, um, we didn't we do a tour about two weeks ago in Christiania. Oh, do we want to touch on that? Yeah. Oh yeah, I was talking Just about to, how, yes. how soft I've become yes. in Scandinavia in the past Absolutely. twenty blooming years. It's so safe here. And I'd never been to Christiania mm. because I all of a sudden after having babies and toddlers and kids, you know, you, mm. you you become you sort of get on the nest and you get this kind of softer mentality. Mm. And I didn't want to go and visit. Christiania, because it has got a huge reputation for the place to get um, soft drugs. Hard drugs are banned, but yes. they, they, it's, it's the biggest open-air marketplace for soft drugs in the world. Mm. And it's bang smack. Oh, did I say smack? Bang in the centre of um, Copenhagen. Oh, that's another story. Well, it's Christiania on Christian's Hound. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's got up the nose of the successive Danish governments for uh, 50 years. It's been there since 1971. Mm. So about two months ago, I told myself, come on, Heather, pull yourself together. Uh, You're planning a new sustainable um, tour all about uh, carbon neutrality. You've got to include Christiania because um, those hippies, they were doing more uh, sustainable uh, things, environmental things, because they had no electricity, because they had no, they weren't um, on the getting uh, water and things so they were making all manner of peculiar toilets and wastewater disposal windmills you name it they are up up to doing it so I, I decided I had to explore and I have been totally blown away by the place it's not a dangerous place no. you avoid uh, places like Pusher Street where you can get your your weed mm. uh, and you, my tour it the co2 penhagen tour the next one coming up that focuses on how the actual residents live yeah. all their beautiful little mm. homes made of recycled wood and glass and murals and yeah it's smashing and it's all set in this gorgeous sort of it looks natural the whole area but it's actually the old um, bastions of um where the military were for since 1610 there's been a military presence 
but the hippies uh, took over and, mm. and uh, because it wasn't being used because it wasn't yeah and there was a housing they squatted housing crisis in um, Copenhagen yeah. in the early seventies there still is it still is yeah. But they haven't moved and they've effectively put the green finger up at the Danish governments mm-hmm. for that amount of time. So hats Fa- off to them. Fascinating. Them hop- hoppies, hippies. Yeah. yeah. And it is definitely on my tour, uh, along with, um, you talked about this Fjernvarm. Yes. This Distance uh, heating. Distance heating. Mm. And my walk goes up a place called Copenhill which is um, where they burn off the city's trash and London's trash to create lots and lots of lovely hot water. So it's all highlights like that. Oh, Denmark is definitely leading the world in many areas of sustainability. Yeah. So um, there we will end or come to the end of our little uh, ramblings and hope that you followed us this wasn't really uh planned but uh it is we will be we'll go into subjects a bit more deeply in the future please follow us you're going to have so much fun and we hope we've made you giggle yeah pat could i just put a a record on oh absolutely oh here we go I've had the most unusual morning. Did you have a good time today? Did I have a good time? Well, considering when I woke up this morning, all I wanted to do was crawl into a hole and sleep for about another four hours and be like the rest of the population on a Saturday instead of working 24-7. Considering all that, uh, I had a Blooming brilliant time, Pat. Thank you so much for for holding my hand and taking me to see something utterly mind-blowing. My sentiments, exactly. What a surprise and one of the best mornings, Saturday mornings I've had for a long, long time. Yep, yep. I got my coronavirus test, yeah. got in the car, zoomed all the way to the almost the most westerly point on the island of Zealand to see you and then off we went to the fantastic what's it called ecological village village yeah um Dusakila Dusakila yeah actually in the village of Torup yeah close to Hunstead it's on the uh, train line from Hillerö to Hunstead and we arrived Weather wasn't brilliant. Dreadful. It was drizzly. (laughs) We waited in the car park. We did have a little look around the shop, which is very well equipped. Yeah, that that was that That was was good enough for the journey in the first place. It was full of so many covetable goodies, wasn't it? Yeah. Soaps and books. Girl stuff. Oh no! Come on. Oh. 
think it was girl stuff, Pat. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> lots of teas and vegetables and so many good things, including bread. Then we went to meet our tour guide, yeah. Miguel. Yeah. Wow. Very pleasant. Very, very capable. And he took us to the moon, to the end of the rainbow, to the stars, to the sun, and then onto the Milky Way. We'll explain. <laughs> Ever. Well, this place, Dusikild, it's actually one of the oldest ecological villages in Denmark. It's been there. It's a bit hard to work out. Um, it, it's been there since, I think, 1983, yeah. according to one of the older residents that we got to speak to today. And um, it's absolutely thriving. And um, as you know, Pat, I've been... Mm. wandering around Christianshavn in Copenhagen quite a lot in the past year <laughs> doing the research for my latest tour, the CO2 Penhagen tour. And I've been spending a lot of time in Christiania, which is a radical, uh, anarchist, um, hippie village. It's yeah. got strong roots. And I thought yeah. this is as probably as good as it gets as far as environmental villages. But then... Yeah. Yeah, there's this little pearl just glistening away. Yeah, waiting for everybody to visit it huh? and to learn. People created it at the end of the, the 80s. Uh, there were 30 people who decided to invest. Out of 300. Out of 300, they, yes. They couldn't put their money where their mouth was. Yeah. These, uh... And they created this area with the support of the local community. Uh, initially, local community was a little bit wary, but was soon won over, and and everybody lives very happily together. Uh, it certainly isn't Christiania, however, it's innovative, mm. it's exciting, mm. the people thrive there, and they live off the land and from nature. Yeah, quite extraordinary. And it's and it's very um accepting of people's differences they're not a load of um that they don't mind if people eat meat there yeah. they, they're not insisting about anything apart from it being a harmonious village and they live in a sustainable way which is i guess what village life is really there's no there, there, there was nothing phony about it no, was there they were, yeah <laughs> and it was it was well kept yes there was but Christiania, it has to be said, it's there's parts of it where there is an air of menace. Yes. Um, there's parts of it that are absolutely fabulous and beautiful mm. and safe and, yeah. and as it should be. But this place, it was um, it was a it, well, it was just so relaxing, wasn't it? And yeah. um, interesting, interesting to hear about. You talked about the moon and the stars and. The end of the rainbow. Yes. These are these are all the names of the various quarters of the of um, Dusikil village. Yes, uh, uh, Mikkel had lived. Well, what was the story he, when he met his lovely he, girlfriend? He met he, his lovely girlfriend, and she had a, a a small flat there, and she invited him to the moon. Come and live on the moon, 
and he found the end of the rainbow there as well. And then he took her to the stars. That's which where is another, they, and that's where they live now. Yeah, yeah. And we saw his house, and yes. it was it was it was charming. Very. Um, quite close to the railway line, but that is in here in this part of the world. It's not a a problem to be near the railway line because they're very quiet to the trains, yeah. and it's actually fantastic um, connection to get to and from Copenhagen via changing the train once, and it's yeah. probably. About, he was saying it's about two hours, so it's connected. You don't need a car, but um, you can also take the train the other way and end up in a um, lovely town called Hunstead. So uh, he was happy as can be. Two yes. kids yeah. living off the land, and they all own their houses, don't they, unless they're renting. Yeah. And I think I'm going to spend my summer holiday there. Pat. I think that's a good idea because I'll come and visit you. Well, it's yeah, it's very yeah. close, and I can. Um, um, I, there was a certain lady that we met there today. Oh, she that abs- was the jewel. That was the real diamond. Yeah, today wasn't it? Well, she was one of the original yeah residents. But I, I've, I've I. She, what was her name again? Ellen. Ellen. I've, I've got a card somewhere. <laughs> It'll all be revealed in next month's um, podcast from Wonderful, Wonderful. But Ellen just took us into her home with, and, and just, uh, but it wasn't a home like you think about it. It was like a, mm. a hobbit's home. It was under a sort of hill on yeah. one side with a few little chimneys sticking out. Mm. We went round to the front and it was um, glass windows. Very big. Yeah. Very big. And then mm. she had this special little meeting room. It was sort of. We both felt like crying. We're not completely a couple of wusses, but there was such an amazing Um, atmosphere. Energy was wonderful. Yeah. And uh, she does a lot of alternative exercises. But really, we'll go into much more detail in our next episode in next month. Yeah, and I think this place, it's like the... Uh, well worth a visit. Yeah, and it's its a combination of all the things we want to cover in our podcast. So really looking forward to having you all join us next week, next month, next year, whenever. You can always hear a repeat. And please follow us and follow us, us on social media. Wonderful and wonderful on Facebook and yes, Instagram. And Instagram. So it's bye-bye from me. And it's definitely a bye-bye for me, for me today. And stay well, stay safe and stay happy.